what would people think if I don't have a job for more than three months? That I cannot live with that. Why not? What is it that will stop you from engaging in an interesting project that might safeguard and make the rest of your career sustainable? You have to be patient and slowly train your brain to understand that that is a great time for you to think about your career. Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. All right, so today we are diving into a very critical topic for many of my clients. My clients are a sample from all around the world of corporate professionals in their 40s, 50s and beyond. And the focus of this conversation today is something that comes up time and time again. It's the reason why many people reach out to me and it's about overcoming a career block a ceiling that we find ourselves hitting against, fighting against when we reach a certain time in our careers, usually mid-career and beyond. Whether you're feeling stuck in your current role or you are uncertain about how to take your next move and what that move is actually to you. If you're doubting your career path, you feel like you've sunk, you know, a lot of time and energy into a career and you're stuck in it and you feel blocked and you don't know how to progress and advance or change, then this episode is tailored to you. And my purpose today is to help you navigate these challenges and let's explore it together. My episodes are informed by you. A lot of people reach out to me by replying to the newsletters that I send weekly, by commenting on posts that I do on LinkedIn, sending me articles that they read that, you know, reminded them of, of what I talk about, and a lot of private messages as well, people that are trying to engage a career coach or just have a conversation with me. So I am hoping that this is... Um, a topic that is of great importance to you. My listeners, my ideal listeners are corporate professionals. Anywhere you are in the world, that's fine. Most of my listeners are in the US. Many of my clients are in the US. I have clients in the UK. I have clients in Australia. I have clients in Asia and Middle East. So wherever you are in the world, these are universal issues that we talk about. It could be that there will be some environmental factors and regional, geographical, environmental factors that you will be experiencing in the country or the town that you're in. But I find that it comes up time and time again, and it doesn't really matter where you are in the world. Recruiters often come to me as well with lots of interesting ideas that they want me to, to discuss in my podcast. And it's instrumental to me to have conversations with recruiters. So if you're listening and you're a recruiter and you haven't reached out yet, I'd love to connect with you. Find me on LinkedIn, send me a message. I'd love to connect with you because they give me information that's important intelligence for me and for job candidates and professionals that are trying very hard to find a new job or advance in their careers or do a sector change or an industry change. So recruiters are a great source of 
information for us. And they will tell me things that they won't tell candidates, right? They are much more honest and frank and pragmatic with me because they know that I can then expand on it with my clients in in these episodes as well. Now it's summer down under. I have left the door of my office slightly open. If you're not familiar with where I am, I'm actually also on YouTube. So you can watch me. Many of my, especially the most recent episodes have been recorded as a video as well as a audio. And I've made a few changes over the holidays because it's January now, 2024 in Australia. You can listen to this episode anytime you want. But, you know, I always like to tell you what I'm doing, how things are going here in my mind. And there could be some noise. That's why I'm letting you know, because it's too hot (laughs) to work with the door closed. And, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, when I was just starting more than four years ago, I used to pretend that this was a fancy podcast. And now I know loyal followers will know that it's not. It's recorded in my office. And you can see my office behind me if you're watching on YouTube. And you can see my gym gear there. And you know, there's a, oops, I'm pointing wrong, a a picture on the floor that needs to be hanged. But I, I want you to have this opportunity to see where I am. This is the environment that I see all my clients and I hope that this sort of brings us closer together. So go on YouTube, subscribe to my channel, have a look at uh, where I am in the world. So I am down under, I'm in Melbourne. I know lots of my listeners are overseas and that's great. I love it. I love talking to people from all over the world. And I know that a lot of people have just recently signed up for the podcast and it happens every end of the year. It's quite interesting because the downloads go down a bit in December, January, but the number of followers go up. And I think what happens is whoever has been listening ongoing takes a break (laughs) over summer or winter, wherever you are in the world. But If you are taking a break and you're new to job hunting, then you will search for job hunting, you will find me, and then you would subscribe. So it's kind of an interesting sort of dichotomy of number of downloads going down because people are on holidays, but number of followers, subscribers to my newsletter goes up because people have time to look for work because they're on holidays. So if you're down under, you have this amazing, beautiful summer. And if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you're probably back at work already. It's mid mid to end January by the time you listen to this episode and you will be back in the grind. And have you found your way during the few days you had of a break to kind of get your career on track and your New Year's or resolution on track? Look, I'm happy to help you here. So we have divided this conversation about career block in nine segments. So this is not going to be a very long episode, but I want you to be ready. I want you to consider taking notes. Notes are important because you will come back to them. You will see them again. You will be reminded. There's a bit of accountability there for you to follow up on your resolutions and your goals and make great plans for yourself. And you can listen to this again. And in the end, I'm also going to offer you two extra episodes that I can think of that might be great ways of taking the next step to investigating this issue further for you. 
let's first start understanding the why behind career blocks, right? So often career blocks, they begin in your head. More than anything else, <laughs> the block is in your head, in your mind. You might catch yourself thinking, I just can't do it. It's too hard. It's too late. There is this self-judgment that happens to all of us. It's more common than you think. We find ourselves very lonely when we're having these thoughts. But as a career coach who talks to a lot of people that want to be coached by me, either by private coaching or consultations or group coaching, that is a frequent issue that we have, especially mid-career. And it's coupled with the fear of judgment from other people, right? So we fear what other people will think. What will people think if we decide to change careers? What will people think now that I don't have a job? And I want us to break down these thoughts that occur and how they impact in your career progression, right? Because they are keeping you from moving forward, from talking to people because you're fearing what they think, and they're keeping you from enabling your dreams. You probably have dreams inside your head, passions, purposes, conversations with yourself, what if, what ifs. And if you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s, you have time to engage with the what ifs, and you have time to make a great career transition, whichever way it may be. It could be a new job. It could be a new industry. It could be a completely new world for you. And you have time to do it, right? We often have a very poor understanding of how taking baby steps can lead to great changes in, let's say, 12 months, we want a change that happens overnight. And that is where we are very poor at making those forecasts and having that foresight of understanding that step-by-step -step little changes can actually take you from zero to 100, but you are not going to get there overnight. And career progression is really about breaking down your ideas, your goals into actionable small steps, okay? And in this second segment, we are going to talk about strategies to overcome your career blockages. Let's delve into some ideas that can help you move past these blockages. The first step is recognizing that in reality, there is no actual block, just perceived barriers. Now, I am talking here to a specific audience. And if you are an outlier to that audience, you might be thinking, this is, Renat is crazy, right? And that's okay. Look, I still think you can learn a few things from, from me today. But my ideal audience are corporate professionals, that are above and beyond being in survival mode. 
they have achieved in their careers. They have a little bit of money in the bank that they can bootstrap themselves. They probably have more than they give them credit for. They have more flexibility than they give credit for. I'll give you an example. I once uh, had a discovery call. That's what we call coaches have that. A discovery call with a professional he was here in Australia, here in Melbourne. He called me. He wanted to have um, a conversation and investigate coaching. I told him my price. And he said, oh, I can't afford that. It's too much. And I said, well, that's okay. I understand. You can go to my website. There are lots of small investments that you can make that might be better for you. And I said, give me an idea of how long you can withstand without a job because he was unemployed. And he said, well, I think I can be without a job for 18 months. Right? 18 months is a bloody long time. 12 months is a long time. Six months is a long time. The investment that people make in my private coaching is way less than they would make in one month of work. Okay? And it could bring that job faster <laughs> if they work with a coach. I can't make any guarantees, but we would sort of overcome lots of doubts and insecurities by, you know, working together, right? So you see what I mean? He wasn't really being strategic about his ability to engage a coach, his ability to get a new job. So I am talking here with people that have blockages that are in their head. They're not actually real blockages. If that person wanted to change industries, change careers, he could because not only he had money in the bank to do so, he had time right? And I know that there are lots of people that are listening to me that have that. So their blockages usually comes from their self-judgment, which we explained before in segment one, or the judgment of others. What would people think if I don't have a job for more than three months, right? That I cannot live with that. Why not? What is it that will stop you from engaging in an interesting project that might safeguard and make your the rest of your career sustainable, right? So you have to kind of have that internal conversation with you and understand and move past and beyond those internal blockages. Now, if you have real blockages, Renata, I cannot pay my bills. I'll give you an example of that. I had a client who had a discovery call with me. <laughs> he was Sydney-based. He was calling me from his car, and he was about to walk into his kid's school to say he couldn't afford to pay the fees. That's a real blockage, right? We have the first masterclass inside Reset Your Career is about making the important changes to your life in order to withstand career challenges like that. Okay. And again, the fear of judgment from others, of taking your kid away from a private school and into a public school is actually much bigger than the actual problem itself, especially in a country like Australia, where public schools are usually just as good as private schools. So ask yourself, am I pursuing this for myself or for others? This can be a career, this passing life, this work that I'm doing, okay? 
this intrinsic motivation is the key genuine career fulfillment that you may have been missing out. Extrinsic motivation is about pursuing things that are not important because of what other people think and might have been learned over time through schooling and you know, career advice that is not really taking you into account, but taking maybe government policy into account or cultural factor factors into account. So for example, I have clients that come from cultures where going to university and having a law degree or a medical degree is the most important thing. Engineering, uh, <laughs> a close third and so forth, right? So it's not intrinsic to my client to be a lawyer. It's extrinsic to them and they hate their profession, but there they are because they were told they had to do it. Okay. So in your 40s, you are far away from those influential factors that may have affected you during your early years in primary school, high school, university, parents, and so forth. It may be the right time for you to tap into purpose, tap into passion, pet, and then not pet, <laughs> tap into your intrinsic motivation, right? So that's the benefit of being older, everyone. We might as well use it, okay? I'd love to know what you're thinking. It's so hard for me to be talking here by myself. I actually do much better when I do live events. And one of the things that I am considering this year in 2024 is to record these things online and, you know, stream it and stream it to LinkedIn, which is my favorite platform, and get some feedback as I'm talking, because it really does help a lot. Get some questions as well. But since we don't have this at the moment, send me a DM, you know, comment below if you're watching it on YouTube. I, I definitely, I'm small enough that I still read my comments. Sometimes I forget the comments on Facebook, everyone. So if you're commenting on Facebook, I'm not using that platform as much anymore, but, but we will get to you, of course, we always do. So this third segment for this episode today is the role of fear and how to combat fear. So a significant aspect of having career blocks is fear. Fear of separation, fear of abandonment, and fear of not being supported is a primal fear and a survival mode for humans, right? Because we are kind of weak to, you know, be surviving in the savanna environment. And we have that lizard kind of old brain of ours that hasn't really evolved for 2024 mode. And it thinks that if we leave our jobs, if we, you know, abandon our careers, we are going to die. Basically, that's how your brain is working inside your head. It's making you fear separation and fear change like that, okay? Because you're going to be abandoned in the middle of the savannah and you're not going to survive alone. Now, that sort of plug-in inside your brain is really out of date and you need to remember that. So these coaches, and, and I'm not one of them, 
but people online, researchers and scientists that talk to you about uh, rewiring your brain and saying certain things to remind yourself of your goals, all of, of things that you want to achieve. This is why we need to do that. We need to write things down. We need to see vision boards. We need to remind ourselves of what we're working towards every day. Otherwise, we tend to go back to that sort of lizard mode inside our brain or monkey mode, as I sometimes call it. So remember, people will be there for you. People will be there for you. I remember when I left my role at the John Monash Foundation, uh, that was years ago, I was so scared that people wouldn't be there for me. I don't know what I was thinking. I got so much support from people in my network, people that had worked with me. And frankly, even if there's no one there for you, you have to be there for yourself, right? You have to be your best friend, have self-compassion and positive internal dialogue. That is a crucial tool inside your arsenal. And you have to overcome your lizard brain with that messaging, the ongoing messaging, okay? And this is super important, especially if you are between jobs at the moment, especially if you have left an organization, if you are very unhappy in an organization and feeling stuck, you need to remember to be your best friend. You would never say, you know, horrible things to your best friend. So why are you saying horrible things to yourself? Okay, so that fear of separation and abandonment in 2024 in the environment that most of my clients in my ideal audience is in makes no sense. It's nonsensical. And I want you to remember that. What else? Segment four is about rethinking deadlines and age related goals. Oh, dear. So many of us impose these strict deadlines on our career milestones. You know, one that I hear a lot when I talk to people that want to be coached by me is I ask them, okay, how long can you last without a job? Oh, I need a new job in four weeks, two months at the late at the most, right? Now, I have done episodes about this in the past. And statistically, that is very hard to achieve, right? Statistically, I almost never talk about st stats on this podcast because my audience is so niche, okay? So they are corporate professionals, they're earning uh, good money, they work in the corporate sector, in public sector, in nonprofit sector, they're university qualified, they have, many of them have master's degrees, not all of them, but many of them do. And this means that they are at the top of the pyramid when it comes to looking for work. They're managers, they're project managers, marketing managers, financial controllers, C-level professionals, senior executives, VPs, and so on. It's much harder than getting a job at McDonald's, everyone, right? It's much, much harder. It's nothing to do with you. It's where you have decided to play in this game of being in the workforce. At the top of the pyramid, there are less jobs advertised, and you need to be ready to 
withstand at least three months, which is statistically the average waiting time for any employer, even those that want a job in in McDonald's. But for a very, very, very senior executive, it could be way more than that. And recruitment and selection for my clients is more complex than what you read about in, you know, articles on Google, right? It's more complex. They don't follow a protocol and a guideline that is always the same. You might be applying for two, three jobs and recruitment and selection for them will be completely different. Questions will be different. So that complexity requires, hopefully, that you work with somebody, a mentor or a coach to support you. Because, you know, the the organization hiring you has a lot of support. They may have hired external agents to help them, a recruiter or a headhunter. They have an HR partner, an acquisition manager, a, a legal office to review the contracts. And you, you have to get yourself together because you do not want to lose an inch of your benefits, potential salaries by not engaging with proper support. So make sure that you think about that. We went on a little tangent there because I'm so passionate about these things. But going back to deadlines and age-related goals, It's vital to understand that these fears of deadlines need to be managed, okay? You are not the same 40-year-old from 100 years ago. And we still think of 40-year-old as like, you need to have achieved so much by then. Maybe not. We need to discuss realistic goals based on a clear understanding of your ambitions in the environment that you're in that can be more effective for you now that your career is going to last 20 years, 30 years, 15 years, 10 years. I work with my clients by re-engineering what they want to achieve. I have clients that I can think of. She was in her 60s and she only wanted to work for another five years. I had a client who turned 70 working with me. We worked for quite a long time and he still wanted to work and be involved in his sector, in his, you know, in his network, in his community. And he has now several projects and the way it's not a full-time job but he's on boards he's a consultant he's a mediator there's lots of things that he's doing so you need to set realistic goals for yourself and have that understanding of your ambition the environment that you're in and you don't have to have all of those informations alone you should consult with others and that will make your planning more effective okay In segment five, I want to talk to you about being open-minded in your career journey. And this is super important, especially in the second half of your career, because young professionals are open-minded by nature and by need. They have to be because they need to learn so much. But maintaining an open mind is essential. It's about aligning your goals with what's happening in the world, what the world needs from you, from the skills and experience that you have acquired. So a good example of that is professionals that have gained a lot of experience in managing teams and people and projects in a face-to-face work environment, now having to transition into a virtual environment, working with teams and projects remotely, right? You can't complain about it. You can, but that's 
essentially what you will be doing for the rest of your career. So this will require you to be open-minded and have professional development lined up through mentoring or acquisition of skills through courses or books or basically observations, see which other managers out there are doing well in this sort of environment because things have changed in how we engage with others in this world. So many of us are working remotely, working from home. If you think about the, the recruitment and selection process, interviews are via Zoom. Even if all everybody involved is working from the same town, they still prefer to do it via Zoom or Teams. We'll talk about how to stay centered on your intuition while being open-minded to grow and get the feedback in future episodes. I have a lot of episodes about this in the past and in the future. I love talking about intuition, but it is important to be open-minded and to remind yourself that the world is changing at a much faster pace. I'm 51, and I remember when change took a decade. Now change takes a year, months even. If you think about this same time a year ago, ChatGPT did not exist. And now here we are. And how much have you used it? How well do you know how to prompt it? right? You have to engage with these things because they are part of being a corporate professional. There's no way around it. In segment six, embracing personal change, I want you to accept that you have changed over the years. <laughs> and when I do Talent Predicts, I always talk to Talent Predicts being my strengths assessment test, which you can purchase on my website. Go to my website and learn more about it. It's called Find My Talents as a service that I offer. And basically, you purchase the access to this strengths assessment, which is brand new, state of the art. If you've done one in the past, this is the best one that we have right now. So I would strongly recommend that you do a strengths assessment, especially the Challenge Predicts one, because it's so good for career development. It really provides you with lots of interesting insight that can help you find a new job, perform well in interviews and so forth. So when we do the Talent Predicts, we talk about your strengths and then we talk about your career drivers and your personal values right? And career drivers are the part of that assessment and the results for you that can really change over time. The personal values and the strengths tend to stay the same over time, whereas the career drivers will change over time. Because if you think about it, if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, your career drivers have changed from your 20s. And I want you to recognize that and adapt your career, your life to this new you? To, you know, have you had time to reflect on where you are now and the things that you have achieved, do they still serve you? So that is really important. I have a friend who used to be a manager and then realized at this stage of her career that that didn't serve her anymore. She was much more interested in just doing a great job as an, a, an expert professional and using her expertise in a specific area to do the best job that she could for the organization rather than managing people, which is a different skill and it required more energy from her and it didn't come naturally to her. So she adapted at this stage of her career to being an expert, a true expert in an ex a specific niche area that is highly valued in her industry. And I think that that is a great 
example of embracing that personal change that comes with time. In segment seven, I want to talk to you about allocating time for career development. One of the great ways to overcome a career block is to actually allocate time to think about it. (laughs) And it is super necessary, but it's not just about sitting in front of a computer. I know this for a fact, you know, you sit in front of a computer, you've allocated the time to sit there and all of a sudden you can't think, you know, because you, your brain goes into this desperation and anxiety of having to have great ideas at that time. (laughs) And especially in the beginning, when you're trying to create the habit of allocating time for career development, you probably will not have great ideas at the time. You have to be patient. Remember what I said before about taking baby steps? You have to be patient and slowly train your brain to understand that that is a great time for you to think about your career. And in addition to that time, chances are you will probably be having great ideas when you go for walks, when you're in the shower, when you are washing dishes and not, you know, exactly allocating time. But because those times your brain is at rest, it becomes way more creative and it can be open to new perspectives, new opportunities and new ideas. So always have with you something that allows you to take notes because it could be that the brain is also so rested and fluid that that idea could get lost. It happens to me a lot and I've learned my lesson the hard way. (laughs) And sometimes I'm lying in bed and I think about a great idea for a podcast and I'm like, this is great. Of course, I'm sure tomorrow morning I'll remember. And of course I do not. So I take notes on my phone. I find that the phone is great because sometimes I'm in the dark and it's easy to take a note without waking up Andrea. But whatever works for you, I think it's important to remember that. So in terms of allocating time for career development as well, when you sit down at the allocated time, let's say you downloaded my optimized job search free resource and you have the timetable there that you've identified that works best for you. I just got a a LinkedIn message this morning from someone saying, oh, I love it. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) it's such a nodi, but it's a goodie. I think it's one of the first things I ever did. And it's still available on my website. So I'll put a link below for you to download it. You go, you allocate a time, and then you can't think of anything. Everything that you do for career development needs to be versatile and it needs to be within a a wide range. So it could be that you take notes. If you don't feel like taking notes, it could be listening to my podcast. If it's, you know, not that, then it could be doing a strengths assessment test. You know what I mean? Like you, you can vary what you do in that allocated time until you get into flow. And the flow might take a little bit of time for you to develop. So I want you to think about that and develop that over time. Segment eight, we're getting at the end of this, two more segments to talk about. Segment eight is about the power of writing and journaling. Journaling is one of the most powerful tools that I give my clients as a career coach to help in their career development. My journaling is, I designed what I call a personal portfolio and my clients access it. It has 
all there ready for them. So it's, you know, not something that they need to start from scratch. I've already created what I think works best through more than a decade of investigating and researching things that work for professional and corporate professionals. And it is a powerful tool regardless of what you do in life. You're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not even a, a corporate professional, journaling daily is so powerful. And at some point, we forgot, we stopped doing it. I don't know exactly when that happened, but great men and women from the past have amazing journals. Thank God for that, because we can now go back and read them. And I love reading journals from important people and normal people. <laughs> you can find, you know, great books that are basically just people's diaries. And it, it gives you great insight on how they came about curing a disease or finding the, the ideas for books or, you know, how they wrote this music or how they became, you know, this amazing politician and so forth. And I think that journaling is something we need to bring back for sure. Writing down your thoughts, your goals, your plans will bring you more clarity and focus. I spent the past couple of weeks traveling and my brain from at times, I, I try to rest, of course, I, that's the whole point of traveling, but my brain sometimes would be inundated with ideas and because I was traveling and when I was with people I didn't have time to write things down I actually wrote a few things down the idea for this podcast I wrote down at the beach by the way <laughs> which was great I was at the beach I was by myself and I was I made some notes but it brings so much more clarity and focus when I write things down when they're floating in my head they're cloudy it's too much it gives me a bit of anxiety. It's a bit overwhelming, the amount of ideas that are floating in my head. As soon as I start writing it down, it calms me. And I hope that it will calm you too. I know it helps my clients, so I want it to help you as well. It's a process and it helps you understand what truly matters to you and what doesn't. And that allows for more effective career planning. In this next banner, it's the final one. I just want to address this idea of being comfortable with uncertainty. Again, you know, I think that uncertainty didn't play well in the savannah. It makes us really anxious. But in 2024, if you have a roof over your head and you have food in your fridge and you have family and you have friends, you can take some risks, right? Because you have that safety net. It's okay to be comfortable with that uncertainty. <laughs> I give you permission. I want you to give yourself permission as well. Now, look, a certain level of anxiety is perfectly normal, right? Like if you don't have a job, yes, it will be, there, there will be anxiety, but it shouldn't overwhelm you. It does not need to be a driving force in your life. It's okay to spend time and allocate time to deal with that problem and then have the rest of the day to take a well-deserved break from the rat race, from the daily grind. How long has it been since you had this time to yourself? You know, at the end of the year, as it often happens, I got lots of clients through outplacement. So outplacement is when an organization reaches out to, reaches out to me and say, well, we're making these people 
these roles redundant. These people don't have jobs anymore. We're sending them to you. And I'm like, fine, great. And I have conversations. I had four managers very late in the year having conversations with me, like very close to Christmas. It happens every year. You all, I'm, if you've been in this situation, you know what I mean. If you've been in a situation you, where you had to let go people at that time of the year, you know what it means as well. It's not easy on both sides. But definitely for the people that are that leave because their roles were made redundant, it's very anxious time to be without a job because you know everything will slow down. And most of the time, I feel that people can afford time off. They don't see it until I show them, but they can afford time off. It's funny because during the pandemic, now the, pan, the, the lockdown started around end of March, and by September, I was telling everybody, just go for it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Everybody's sick and tired of being home. But now my key message at the end of 2023 was take a break. Everybody's so burnt out. If you are a manager and have been through the pandemic, you are exhausted and your brain is going to stop, you know, going crazy on you. It's not going to be the best at going into competition, which is what recruitment and selection is. Recruitment and selection is a true competition, right? And it's ruthless and it's hard. And if you're burnt out and tired, you are not going to perform well. You are just not going to perform well. So take a good break, relax your brain, sleep, rest exercise, eat well, and come back strong physically so that you can withstand the mental drain that is going through recruitment and selection. It is not easy, but you can be comfortable within that uncertainty because if you are in one of the countries where this podcast reaches the most, you know that it could take a few months until you get your job. You know that chances are you will get another job, okay? And you know that you have me here to support you <laughs> with this free resource of the podcast, a couple of other free resources if you sign up for my newsletter. And then you can think, okay, I've done everything that I could as a DIY. What else can I do? You know, reach out to the services that I offer and see if there's anything there that you can invest in that could make a substantial exponential change to your ability to get a job. Pretty sure that it will because it has for other people. So we have a sample here of success and that's what we do. We maintain everything that has been successful as part of our services. If they haven't been successful, I don't offer them anymore. Okay, so what are the next steps for you? So let's sum it up. Okay, overcoming career blocks is a journey. It is a journey. It's not going to happen overnight. The fact that you know that you need to do it doesn't mean that tomorrow it will be done. It's about self-discovery. It's about strategy and being resilient to overcome the challenges that you're putting ahead of you if you're making plans to make transitions in your career, be it looking for a job, be it a career advancement, looking for a promotion, be it making a career change. And remember, your career path is unique to you, and it's never too late to make meaningful changes. Although it's unique to you, a lot of people go through it, and I want you to know you're not alone. 
thousands and thousands of people are listening to this episode right now for the same reason that you're listening to this episode right now, okay? So thank you for joining me here today. I love talking to you. And if you, you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe to this podcast and you can listen to other episodes on our catalog because now we have over 200 episodes for you to listen to to help you overcome career blockages and other career issues that you're facing in your career. Could be that you're not good at interviewing or not good at doing resumes. We have episodes for you. But for this issue of career blocks, I would recommend that you listen to episode 197, Navigating Career Setbacks. And episode 192, which is with, it's an interview with a Stanford lecturer, Alex Budak. And I think that is a great one to understand how to make changes, how to be a change maker. I look forward to our next conversation, which will be about navigating the complexities of the corporate world. Please stick around for that new episode, which is coming up soon next week. And until next time, keep striving and stay positive. Bye for now.